Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the very first edition of the Spot Monkey Wrestling Podcast. I am your host, Ezra James, and I am glad to be getting this thing going. Uh, this episode, our, our, our premiere episode here, is just going to be a little bit of an introduction. Um, I'm going to talk a little bit about the greatest Royal Rumble that just happened this past weekend uh, in the WWE Live from Jeddah, Saudi Arabia, the historic event. Um, I'm going to talk a little bit about that. Maybe a little bit about Raw that happened tonight. Um, but most you know, most of the focus is going to be on just kind of what we're going to bring to the table here. And um, I do have a couple co-hosts. They are not with me tonight. Um, they're not going to be with me on every episode either. But uh, I'll give you a little insight about them as well. And just kind of an overall what to expect from us here on uh, Spot Monkey Wrestling Podcast. So, I guess overall, the main thing that we're going to focus on is happenings within the WWE and NXT. That's going to be our main focus. But if there's big news on the outside in the indies, um, you know, New Japan, Ring of Honor, wherever, you know, we'll probably cover that a bit as well. But our main focus is going to be WWE and NXT. Um, again, my name is Ezra James. Um, I've been a wrestling fan for pretty much my entire life. I grew up with it. And my two co-hosts also are the same way that, you know, we, we just share that passion and wanted to, wanted to talk about wrestling, wanted to talk about our interests, share it with some other people, get some feedback, have discussions with other fans. You know what I'm saying? Just have fun with it. Enjoy ourselves in, uh, in a, different way than we usually do um one thing about us we're big fans of lists we like lists i'm not talking about jericho's list but uh you know top fives top tens in different categories things like that you can expect a lot of lists from us here um i'll give you a little insight on my co-host now uh, my first co-host is right his name is ryan archer he's a longtime friend of mine um we've you know, shared an interest in, in professional wrestling for pretty much ever since we've known each other, uh, back in, in high school. And, um, you know, he's a fan of, he's a fan of the old school stuff. He really digs, you know, that era. Um, I say old school, but you know, we were born in the late eighties. So old school for us. Yeah. Shawn Michaels, Bret Hart, you know, macho man, ultimate warrior, Ric Flair, those guys. Um, He's a big fan of that era. I know Brett and Sean are two of his favorites. My other co-host, Joey SR. Now, <laughs> if you are a very knowledgeable wrestling fan, you might recognize that last name, SR. Joey SR is the nephew of the homicidal, genocidal, suicidal maniac Sabu. No lie. Um and I started working with Joe a couple years ago and we got to talking about wrestling and, and Sabu and things of that nature. So he's got some great stories about Sabu because he used to be Sabu's personal assistant for quite some time. So we might have a little segment on here called Sabu Stories or something like that where he'll share some stories with Sabu. Maybe we'll be lucky enough to get him on the phone, get him on the podcast as well. That would be awesome. Um, but Joey SR, you know, obviously being Sabu's nephew, 
is around the business his entire life. Um, you know, he's met a ton of guys, hung out with a ton of guys, and he's got a lot of uh, a lot of stories, a lot of stories, and a lot of experience to share with us. So he's going to be a great addition to this as well. Um, I think that's really all we got for now, as far as the cast of people that you're going to be. Uh, you're going to be getting familiar with here on the podcast. So let's jump into it. Let's get into talking about the greatest Royal Rumble event. Um, you know, I might just run down the card real quick, uh, top to bottom. So we got John Cena versus Triple H. That was the first match. It was a good little back and forth. Triple H, you know, Triple H pulled off a five knuckle shuffle that was more impressive than John Cena's, I think, complete with with the old DX crotch chop. So Everybody appreciated that. Um, Cena goes over. Triple H gets a big win. Has a nice speech um, at the end about you know some of just kind of what's going on in his personal life. hasn't Personal life hasn't been the greatest lately, but you know he's still he's still there for the business and and uh, you know I know we appreciate that. Well, everybody might not like Cena in the ring. I I for one respect. Um, the worker that he is and how much effort he's put into not only building, you know, himself, but the company as a whole. And, and, uh, you know, I think you, I think you got to appreciate that. Uh, second match was for the cruiserweight championship, Cedric Alexander defending against Kalisto. Uh, this was a good match. Pretty much what you would expect out of these guys at a big event like this. I don't think it was quite as good as the Alexander, and Mustafa Ali match from WrestleMania, but it was still pretty nice. A uh, cool little spot at the end where Kalisto goes for the finish with a Salida del Sol, and Alexander reverses it into the lumbar check for the win. Um, again, solid match with them. Cruiserweights, man, you know, the action in the ring with them is always great, and I just, I think it's uh, it's another testament to Triple H that ever since he kind of took over with 205 Live, you know, the brand as a whole has been getting a lot better. Um, we've been seeing that with uh, with the big matches that they've been given on pay-per-views as well. Uh, moving on, we had Matt Hardy and Bray Wyatt, the Deleters of Worlds. I like that name. Uh, going up against the bar for the vacant Raw Tag Team Championships. If you thought the bar was going to win, I, I really don't know what to tell you. Um, you know, they got moved over to SmackDown in this superstar shakeup, so it was kind of obvious that Hardy and Bray were going to take this one. Um, some usual stuff from the bar in terms of their tag team work and, uh, you know, showing their, their chemistry and whatnot, but Bray and Matt, I, they're starting to build up their chemistry as well, and I enjoy seeing them kind of do new stuff. Um, that relates to the the characters more so, you know, the Woken personas and and so on and so forth. And uh, I think that's only going to get better with time. The only thing about it is, um, and if you watch Raw tonight, you'll understand this as well. They talk about they are both the light and the dark. So what was the point of throwing Bray Wyatt in the Lake of Reincarnation? Because he really hasn't changed much. You know, he's just... Woken, I guess, which means he talks a little more like Matt Hardy does, but that's not really too far off from what he was doing before. Um, anyway, I do enjoy both those characters, by the way, Matt Hardy and Bray Wyatt, and hopefully now 
you know, Vince sees that, um, the Matt character that people, people do appreciate it. And he gives him a little more freedom to, to run with it. Kind of like he did in TNA and he can really do the kind of stuff that, that made everybody like it in the first place, you know, that, that helped revitalize his career. Um, but yeah, moving on next match was, uh, Jeff Hardy defending the United States championship against Jinder Mahal. Again, Jinder's on raw. Jeff took the United States championship to SmackDown. Now there was an intercontinental championship match later in the night. So, you know, the, they could have switched the mid card titles and this was going to be the indicator of, of what was going on there. It was kind of weird to see both Matt and Jeff Hardy in title matches, but not together. Um, especially being that Matt was in a tag title match, but anyhow, uh, this match is only going to be remembered for the botched whisper in the wind. Uh, Jeff Hardy goes up for a whisper in the wind. Jinder wasn't paying attention. Jeff, I guess thought he was Jeff misses, hits the mat and then Jinder falls down anyway. (laughs) Excuse me. Recovering from a cold here. Um, Jinder took to Twitter shortly after and said, relax, guys, I was playing possum. So he had a bit of a sense of humor about it. But overall, um, if you take that out of there, it was kind of a typical match that you would expect from these guys. And and watching watching Jinder Mahal against someone like Jeff Hardy, it, it makes it kind of hard to believe that the company had complete and total faith in him to run... To you know, to be their top guy with a world heavyweight championship for so long, his reign was what seven months, six, seven months, something like that. But um, but yeah. Anyway, that's that's besides the point right now. Um, Jeff Hardy retains after a twist of fate in a swanton. Oh, uh, let's see what was next. Um. The SmackDown Tag Team Championship match. The Bludgeon Brothers defending against the Usos. Um, the Usos had glimpses of, of, you know, making it seem like they they could uh, overcome the Bludgeon Brothers finally. But in the end, Bludgeon Brothers put them away, retained the titles. And, you know, I'm all for pushing new new talent. Especially, like, Harper and Rowan, I like them. I like those guys, and uh, I think they deserve to be in a featured role, you know. But it's kind of coming at the expense of the Usos, who I think are, if not the best tag team in WWE right now, you know, one of the one of the top ones for sure. And I I really hope that this doesn't end up burying them in a way, um, you know, at the expense of the of the bludgeon brothers push, but, but, uh, but yeah, I think, I think Jimmy and Jay, you know, can, can recover from this, but I just would like to see, see, I grew up in, in the attitude era, you know, in a part of what I call the tag team era as well. You know, you had edge and Christian, the Hardys, the Dudleys, uh, APA TNA, you had two cool, you know, the new age outlaws you had, Man, there were so many tag teams. And the thing about it was that they made it believable that any of them could become champion on 
on any given night. I would like to see them kind of get back to that. Um, get some of these new tag teams in there. Especially, they got a pretty solid tag division over on SmackDown now with the inclusion of uh, Gallows and Anderson in the bar. Um, I would like to see them get included in with, you know, the Usos, New Day, and the Bludgeon Brothers and really, really turn up that division and make things interesting. Um, get some good title reigns for all of those teams over there on SmackDown. Um, next up, I believe, was the Intercontinental title ladder match. So Jeff Hardy retains earlier in the night to keep the United States title on SmackDown. So you kind of figured that the Intercontinental Championship is staying on Raw. This is a fatal four-way match. So there was Seth Rollins, Finn Balor, and then Samoa Joe and The Miz. Those two had recently gone to SmackDown. So you figure it was either Rollins or Balor. Also probably kind of have to figure that they're not going to let Rollins lose this uh, this early. And they're building this, this Balor-Rollins feud up. Um... That, you know, I think at this point we're all kind of hoping Balor snaps and turns heel and, uh, you know, leads to a, an interesting dynamic there. Um, but Rollins does retain Finn Balor, oh so close at the very end, touching the belt, you know, trying to grab it as it was swaying around. And then Rollins comes flying up the other side of the ladder and just kind of beats him in a tug of war type of thing to get the title down and retain. Um, next match was AJ Styles versus Shinsuke Nakamura. I like the narrative they've been building here, and the Shinsuke turn was so necessary to keep this going. And I like, I really like the work he's done as a heel. Um, the whole no speak English thing during the promos or the interviews is is great. Um, you know the low blow becoming basically his new finisher is a little iffy but um you know solid match here but it ends aj goes for a phenomenal forearm shinsuke moves he almost hits a he almost hits the ref but aj stops just in time to prevent that and um and then um shinsuke hits him with a low blow when the ref is turned aj gets a hold of the ropes but then loses it freaks out on shinsuke beats his ass outside of the ring double count out so aj retains you know i think they're trying to play up this whole uh this whole thing of aj fighting with his emotions you know and shinsuke ultimately will probably take advantage of that um next match steel cage match for the universal championship brock lesnar defending against roman reigns again uh, you know, pretty much what you expect out of these guys. A bunch of suplexes, a bunch of Superman punches, some F5s and some spears. That's really all it was. Uh, I think the only thing other than that that happened in the, in the match was Roman was throwing Brock off the cage a bit. But I don't think any other moves were actually done besides those. Um, finish comes when Roman gets Brock trapped between the cage and the ropes and delivers a spear that knocks the cage wall off, and they fall to the outside, similar to Strowman and Big Show that happened uh, uh, last year. And so 
Lesnar's back hits the ground first. But Roman rolls off. I thought Roman might have separated his shoulder when they landed, honestly. If you watch that, his head's kind of turned to the side. It, it wasn't a very good landing for him. But uh, apparently he's all he's all well. So they hit the ground, and, and Roman rolls off, and both of his feet touch the floor first. And you can see that Brock is still on the cage wall, one foot hanging off, one foot still on. That should make Roman the winner because every cage match that I've ever watched – it's been determined by if you get out of the cage, you know, you don't win until both feet touch the ground. So it is what it is, but they give Brock Lesnar the match. Since then, the referee has admitted fault. Roman played it up a little bit on Raw. The controversy, we'll see where it goes. I personally think they need to pull the trigger on Braun and let him be the man because, I mean, there's no doubt that that he's he's the one getting the biggest reactions, the biggest face reactions of the night, I should say, uh, everywhere they're going. And, you know, you spent four years trying to get a guy over. It's probably not going to happen. Um, speaking of Strowman, moving on. <coughs> Excuse me. To the historic first ever 50-man battle royal, sorry, excuse me, 50-man Royal Rumble. Um, we had a lot of, a lot of surprises, a lot of quick, quick exits as well. Um, man, Daniel Bryan enters number one and he goes for an hour and 16 minutes plus gets eliminated 48th. What, what a showing out of him. And he didn't look, he didn't look tired. He, um, he got his chest welted up pretty bad by Roderick Strong. Uh, you can see that in an interview um, on WWE.com where he talks about Roddy being the guy that did that to him. Uh, Roderick Strong was one of the NXT uh, entrants. They had quite a few in the in the um, Royal Rumble. We had uh, Tucker Knight and Roderick Strong. Uh, Baba Tunde showed up there. I don't even know if he's had a match on NXT TV, maybe one or two, um, but he is enormous. I mean, he's like 6'10", 350 pounds, I think, and uh, there's one point where him and Strowman faced off, and it was like, man, Strowman doesn't look quite as big. <laughs> Babatunde is a big man. Um, and then Dan Matha, excuse me, Dan Matha was the other NXT call-up. Uh, we had a couple returns. We had Hornswoggle. He entered in. He got an elimination. He helped Daniel Bryan eliminate Dash Wilder. Um, had a f- funny spot with Kofi. That was, uh, was good to see him back. Um, Hiroki Sumi entered in at number seven. And maybe it was just me, but I had no idea who this guy was. Um, but he got eliminated pretty quick by Mark Henry, so... We didn't have to spend much time trying to figure it out. Um, I heard there's an article up on WWE.com that gives a little more insight onto who he is and why it was a big deal for him to be there. Um, And stating that maybe he might be in Nakamura's corner at some point in the near future. Um, Great Khali came back as well. Quick elimination. Lashley and Strowman got rid of him. Um, Braun Strowman entered in at number 41. And... 
cleaned house. 13 eliminations, which is a Royal Rumble record, um, beating Roman Reigns' previous record of 12. And <coughs> Braun looked pretty dominant throughout. Um, he lasted, I want to say, over 20 minutes. I can't, I can't remember exactly how long, but I think he was the third longest... Um, he lasted the third longest, the first being Daniel Bryan, you know, with that, another record, uh, breaking, uh, performance, breaking Rey Mysterio's record of, I believe his was 62 minutes prior, uh, prior to that. Um, Rey Mysterio also showed up in this Royal Rumble, which was cool to see. Um, <coughs> excuse me again. Um, Elias. Elias lasted over 35 minutes. I want to say right around right around 35 minutes. Had five eliminations, which um, I believe was the second most behind Braun's 13. Very good showing for Elias in this Royal Rumble, and uh, you know it's telling that in a in a historic Rumble like this, they give him that kind of a uh, opportunity, you know, to to build his, build his brand, I guess. And, um, you know, show that he can, he can be one of the top guys, one of the top heels on, on raw there. Um, Jericho shows up number 50. That was nice to see him and Kevin Owens going at it. Um, ultimately in the end, Braun Strowman wins by last eliminating big Cass. a little surprising, but, um, you know, they want to play up this big Cass and Daniel Bryan storyline. So there's that. Uh, Cass eliminates Daniel Bryan, and then Strowman eliminates Big Cass to win. And Strowman gets a big, big-ass trophy, a green belt, green championship belt for winning the greatest Royal Rumble, which at this point might mean more than the Universal title. Who knows? Um, <laughs> the way that the Universal title is never defended. Um yeah, so overall, my thoughts on the night. Oh, I forgot to mention, and I don't know how I forgot to mention it. In the Greatest Royal Rumble, Titus O'Neil. By now, you've had to have heard about it. One of the greatest moments in Royal Rumble history. Comes running to the ring, trips, slips, and slides almost completely under the ring. All the way to his ankles are covered by the ring apron. And this guy's six foot eight. <laughs> He's not a little guy. Uh, it, hilarious. I think Corey Graves laughing, laughing his ass off, really helped sell just how funny it was as well. Um, Corey Graves had a couple brilliant moments on commentary throughout the night. I really like Corey Graves. I know some people are split on him, um, but I like Graves. Uh, there was one point when Balor came out and um, Michael Cole says, Balor Club is now in Asia. <laughs> or Balor Club. Yeah, Balor Club is in Asia. And Corey says, I think Balor Club's been in Asia for quite a while, buddy. <laughs> um, I like when he throws little things like that in there. <coughs> Excuse me again. Sorry. Um, yeah, overall... You know, good event for for what they were shooting for. Um, there was, you know, the fair share of botches. Like I said, uh, 
Titus, however, has turned this into one of the greatest things ever for him. He's already got a t-shirt out for it. Um, he did the same thing on Raw tonight, and it's hard to tell if he did that on purpose. But it uh, it's playing into his character now that he's clumsy and that, um, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. It looks like it's leading into a feud with Baron Corbin, um, as Corbin was the main one criticizing him about it uh, tonight on Raw. <coughs> I apologize for the coughing so much. Um, but yeah, all in all, like I said, good show, I think. And, um, I don't know if this is going to be something that they're going to do again in the future. Uh, if they're going to try to keep doing it in Saudi Arabia or if they're going to take it other places. Um, but for what it was, I enjoyed the action. Um, the, the matches leading up to the rumble were pretty solid for the most part. Like I said, the, uh, you know, the hardy, hardy gender match, that big botch is all that's going to be remembered for. And that's not, that's not good for either guy. Uh, even though I don't think too much of that vault is going to fall onto Jeff. Um, <coughs> but yeah, I'm excited to see where his title reign goes. I think he's defending against Randy Orton at backlash. I'm not a hundred percent sure on that. Backlash is shaping up to be a great card as well. We got some great matches on there. We'll talk about that more as it gets a little closer. Um, but again, you know, this was just a quick quick little introduction, quick little rundown of the Greatest Royal Rumble. Um, if there was anything that you think I missed or anything you disagree with, uh, you know, feel free to let me know in the comments here on Anchor. Um we we want to incorporate you guys into this as much as we possibly can. That's what makes it fun. And, um, yeah, we look forward to really interacting with you guys and, uh, you know, sharing opinions back and forth, things like that. You guys help us bring up other topics to talk about. Feel free to suggest those as well. Um, like I said, we're just getting going, and we hope to be around for a while. Thank you for listening to me especially through this cough that I've got, this sickness. Again, I apologize for that. Hopefully this is like the last episode that you'll hear it in, the first and last. Um, but yeah, next time I look to get um, one of my co-hosts on here with me. I'm not sure which one yet. Again, we're just getting going. We're getting all this figured out. So thank you for listening this far, and we hope you continue to listen that does it for me. I'm Ezra James with Spot Monkey Wrestling Podcast. See you next time.